0: And we're back, folks. I am your host, Jay Pitts, resource, real talk about Louisville real estate. Again, broker owner, REMAX Premier Properties, leader at J.T. Pitts & Associates, and it's Wednesday, which means we're going to talk real estate. I, um, as always, very, very excited about today's topic. I think I say that every week, but... um, you know, it's because I am, you know, I, if you're around me very much, you'll hear me say things like you must first be inspired before you can be inspirational. I don't know if I'm, I me- i do not know if that's a, that's a, uh, an original quote. I haven't been able to trace it back to anybody else. It's an idea I had. It's something I say a lot. So maybe you can attribute it to me. Feel free to quote me. Uh, there won't be any, any, uh, any copyright or trademark infringement, Lawsuits coming your way from me? Just give me the credit. That's all I ask. Anyway, um, you can take thirty minutes if you're in real estate right now and back away from Twitter, back away from your stocks app. Not uh, you know follow the GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry hysteria, and you can give me your attention, hopefully undivided, for a few minutes. Because if you do, I'm going to give you a very nice list today. You know I'm big on lists. I am a um, pragmatic, transactional type of person by nature. I'm also an achiever, so lists, rules, pathways, um, proven track records, uh, those kind of things appeal to me and my sensibility. And uh, you probably noticed that. We do a lot of lists on this show, or at least we have recently. Uh so today's, today's list is kind of interesting. Uh, I never know when I start thinking about the topic. And usually that starts about five minutes after we wrap the show um, the week prior. So, so, you know, about, I don't know, one o'clock this afternoon, I'll start thinking about what we're going to talk about next week. And I have this, like, marination process. Is that a word? Marination? Anyway, I don't know. This marinating process process where ideas just float around in my brain, marinating in whatever has my attention at the moment. So I have a lot of things running through my head this week. And, and that's actually not that atypical. But this week was really interesting because, um, and, and, and it'll become a little more clear after a bit, but uh, almost went a completely different direction. And I just thought to myself, you know, this idea that i have for an episode the singular solitary idea that i have for an episode is very it, it's a it's a contrarian viewpoint and i say that a lot i like the word contrarian i like being contrarian i believe it's a great way to grab attention i think it's a great way to get noticed for what you do best or worst for that matter but hopefully best uh, and, and I think I think being a contrarian is is underrated, frankly. Um, too many people want to be conventional. Too many, too many people strive to be conden- conventional in everything, but in real estate, a really crowded marketplace, everybody knows a realtor or seven. Everybody has a family member who is a license. You know, they say in California, they don't ask for your driver's license when you get pulled over, because not everybody has one of those. they ask for a copy of your real estate license. Um, that's a joke on California, but the truth is is, you know a lot of people with real estate licenses. So it's a crowded environment. It's a crowded environment with a pretty low perception uh, of quality within kind of the public discourse. So being a contrarian can pay, it can pay, if you're a contrarian in a good way. So today I'm going to present you with a list of the five contrarian ideas that every real estate agent needs to come to to grips with, five contrarian viewpoints, five ideas that you you may immediately think the opposite, but you need to get over that because being a contrarian can pay. So let's go. Number one, start off with a bang here. Please don't get triggered, my luxury agents out there listening, but higher price points do not equal more commissions. Now, you may be shaking your head at me and say, Jay, come on, that makes absolutely no sense. I know arithmetic. And I do know that 3% of $500,000 is greater than 3% of 100000 Yes, you would be accurate in that statement, that single, solitary statement. Um, but frankly, it's not higher prices. It's higher volume that tends to lead to higher commission dollars. Remember, you represent one client at a time, but you don't only represent one client maybe not one client at a time. Let's say this, you represent one client at at any particular moment. Cannot represent two clients actively in the same moment. But you have 8, 10, 12, 15, 50, who knows how many clients you are representing concurrently. And the culmination of all of those price points leads to a certain amount of commission dollars via the sales volume. Now, yes, you sell a lot of expensive homes. That is more than a lot of inexpensive homes in terms of volume and in terms of commission. Traditionally, because this industry compensates its professionals as a percentage of sales price. But what you need to understand is a very simple truth, which is that more sales occur more units, more transaction sides occur at lower price points than higher price points relative to your market. So what you'll hear me talk about a lot is market median price or the chunky middle, the chunky middle of the market. Now look, I believe firmly that every price range deserves impeccable representation. So I say... When you're picking berries, you pick them all, even the small ones, right? You know, the $40,000, $60,000, $80,000 price range deserves just as good a representation as the million-dollar price range. So I'm not telling you to ignore or focus on any one particular price. I'm not telling you to focus on the market median. I'm just going to tell you that the majority of the transactions that occur in any one marketplace occur within some standard of deviation of the market median. In our market it's about, you know, 50, 75, maybe 100,000 from the $200,000 price point. From what maybe let's say 250 for now because we've seen some pretty extreme appreciation recently. So let's say from 150 to 350, you're going to see a really substantial percentage, probably, you know, a uh, majority of all sales occur within that, you know, $200,000 range. You're going to see substantially fewer sales at the higher range. And actually now at the lower range, sub 100, because prices have increased above, you're seeing substantially fewer transaction sides occur at lower price points. So once again, I tell you, higher price points, do not equal more commissions. The coaching industry in real estate will have you believe that the clearest way to make more money and have a better quality of life is to raise your average sales price. Maybe, maybe I'll give you, that's the best I'll give you, is maybe that's true. Maybe. But it's a marginal increase. And I don't think you're going to impact your life substantially by raising your price point. I think you're going to get a marginal increase. Raising it from 250 to 275 or 250 to $300 is going to make you a little bit more money. But it's not going to change your life. It's not going to allow you to f- represent far fewer clients so that your time is more available to spend on things you'd rather be doing than work. That's not going to happen. You're not going to outgrow your problems in terms of price range. The way you outgrow is through leverage – which is a whole nother podcast, and we'll come back to it. But once again, I just want to put – and we're not even going to get into the, the, the risks associated with pigeonholing yourself to a particular price point. Listen, let me tell you, when the economy slows down, the top end of the price range slows down first. So not only are there fewer sales, so there's a greater margin of error, but there, it, it goes away faster. So when you typecast yourself as a luxury agent, your business is not recession-proof. When you're at the market median, you're more likely to have the appropriate balance of high price or higher price and higher volume of transactions, higher sales volume than if you're operating at the low or the high end of the price spectrum. All right, let's move on. Number two, mentorship is absolutely more valuable than training. So, so the... Contrarian viewpoint in here, I should restate it. The contrarian viewpoint you should know is that training is not your answer. Training is not your answer. answer. You'll see that from the very successful coaching industry within real estate because what you're essentially doing at that point is paying for a mentor. You're paying for somebody who knows it and does it better or has done it better than you do and you essentially at that point have a mentor someone who is invested in your business on a daily basis weekly usually in terms of uh, the calls you you get to have the 30 minute one-on-one calls which are more akin to therapy sessions frankly um but yeah training is not what you're what you're looking for the large box firms and i fir- look i i totally understand that i I'm a Remax broker owner, which is one of the largest brands in real estate. But what you should know about franchise companies is they're independently owned and operated. So my Remax is different than the one up the street, okay? Sometimes some of the best small businesses you can find are big brands, okay? We prescribe to the brand, but we run our own business. So once again, the big box houses that want you to sit in a training class or Zoom these days – and watch an instructor present slides from a PowerPoint to teach you how to sell real estate, that's not your answer. Your answer is learn by doing, learn by experience, and learn from a mentor, someone who is doing, has done, and continues to do, not the person who has time to lecture style teach a course via PowerPoint. You're not after training. You're after mentorship. I'm going to let that sink in. So I think what you should do, and I recognize that this one is particularly identifiable to new agents. You need to go and see. You need to go and experience. If you're choosing a firm or it's just not working for you, if you're in the business a year and you've only sold six houses – and you haven't made any money and you're wondering if you made a mistake, um, if that's you, or you're just you know, in school looking for a license, a place to hang your license, you need to go and see and do and learn. Experience. What exactly a firm has to offer, and what mentors are available for you? What firms can you go to and get multiple mentors? multiple. I'm not necessarily talking about our firm. Obviously, I'm confident in what we do, but you can come here and you can hire a good 20 mentors by just joining this firm because everyone within this, and, and that, that's being conservative, frankly, because there is never anyone here that is short of willingness, short of willing to share transparently about what they've done to succeed, what has worked for them, what hasn't, do it. Talk about it. Every Friday, we have a roundtable training session where every single member of the brokerage is capable of attending. We tend to get about 50% of the entire company on each call, and we share real-life problems, real-life issues. Now, the identities are omitted to protect the guilty in these situations, but... Um, We talk real life. How did you handle this? What do you wish you would have done differently? Those are the answers. Okay. All right. Number three. List or don't last. Some of you who've been in the business a little while has probably heard that. The newbies, you're probably scratching your head. But the saying of list or don't last In the business, that is. We know there's a 97% five-year failure rate in real estate, and a lot of people think that the reason that the 3% that make it is because they build a solid listing business, and I'm going to tell you that that's not true. Entirely. Entirely. It's not entirely true. Now, yes, more experienced agents... Tend to list more. Um, yes, agents that tend to list more tend to make more money. Yes, agents that tend to list more tend to have higher sales volumes. Yes, agents that tend to list more tend to sell more units. Yes, agents that tend to list more are have more professional designations are more credible, have fewer released contracts, have all these things, all these superlatives that you probably want in your business. So no, I'm not telling you don't build a good listing business. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you this, biz- this, this industry, this business stands still for no one. And, there's a, and the ground is shifting beneath our feet. Now, listings are at a premium, that's for sure. Um, but I'd like you to consider how readily accessible, identifiable, and attainable buyer clients are right now. I'd like you to consider that. There's a number of ways to find them. There's a pretty basic set of skills to obtain them. And your success in rep- – or a co- buyer client success is not typically – assigned to the competency or legitimacy of the agent. When a buyer doesn't succeed, the market is blamed. When a listing agent doesn't succeed, the listing agent is blamed. So I'd just like you to consider, I'm never going to tell you to walk away from a listing. I'm going to tell you to do whatever you can in this market to get the listing and don't sacrifice based on price. because. That's usually the reason you wouldn't take one, and if this and if this contrarian viewpoint was that not every listing is a good listing, which it almost was when I sat down to write my notes uh and I changed it the last minute, i'd still make the point that it's true that not every listing is a good listing, and the reason number one reason a listing wouldn't be good is the price that is less impactful now because of substantial appreciation that we've experienced and that continues at a rapid rate. So don't ever lose a listing on price in this climate, but also keep in mind that regardless of how hard it is to get something under contract, I would bet on myself in competition with other agents and buyers 10 out of 10 times I bet on myself 10 out of 10 to win those interactions and multiple offer and you know create a circumstance that helps my clients succeed and that is more attainable to most than finding more listings in this climate now once again this market this business it stands still for no one so just as soon as I say this next week, the dynamic may shift. Be prepared for that too. But the "lister don't last" mantra that you'll hear your more experienced colleagues, if you're a new agent, spout uh, quite a bit, quite often. It's their it's their uh, you know you know record on repeat. The vinyl record just scratching and just repeating over and over. It's a broken record. It's not really true. In my in my estimation, not not right now. All right, number four. Uh, Here's one since I since I threw a I threw a a hat tip to the the older generation, the more experienced, longer in the tooth, wise, sage, experienced class. Uh, Since I threw them a, uh, I guess I threw them a. This is I guess I'm going twice. I'm going with the one two punch here, Seth. Um, they, got a le- they got the left hand on the lead, and I'm coming over the top with the right on this one. Internet leads are not garbage. They're not. They are not. And I suppose, you you know, if you've listened to this podcast for very long, you know I'm a fan of Zillow, um, but I'm also a fan of Realtor.com and OpCity City and HomeLite and Fast Expert and Top Agent Choice and... You know, I'll even take Redfin leads, and they do business markedly different than I do, but there is no bad way to generate a lead, internet leads included. They're not garbage. The people that call them garbage are scarcely have a scarce mindset, and they're watching their market share slowly slip away. I'm gaining share. We at REMAX Premier Properties are gaining share of market through internet leads, period, end of story. We know how to work them. We do work them relentlessly. We provide impeccable service to them. And we close transactions for them. And guess why agents will have you believe they're garbage? Why the squeaky wheel wants the grease, but they're not getting it from me. They'll speak louder and louder and louder to get, attempt to get more and more people to listen to them but because that's where I'm taking share. Those are referrals that other agents would have gotten, but they get me instead because the consumer today wants what they want, and they want it now. A showing is no longer about selling an individual home. A showing is an audition for representation. Let me say that again for those that it didn't sink in for. A showing is not about selling an individual home with an internet lead. It's an audition for representation. A showing is not about selling an individual house. It's about an audition for representation. You as an agent with an internet lead gets face-to-face with a prospective buyer and an opportunity to discuss the process and know what they want, learn and listen, and win a client. Take every single one you can get. I don't care where you get it. Take it and run. Because internet leads are not garbage. They're not. That's, that, that's really just about all that you can say. If you're not willing to give the time, don't buy them. If you're not willing to be available, don't buy them. They are a waste of money for you, but not for me. All right, internet and leads are not garbage. Number five, a little philosophical, and I'll I'll tell you that this is a message I gave my team on Monday morning. That was, yeah, two days ago. Why did, why does why do the days run together? I don't know. I mean, it's just that. It, 2020 hangover is what it is. Um this is something that's been working through me. So I, I you know in 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 fairness here here's what I want to say. Today is January 27th. I've worked out 23 times already in 2021. Now, I'm not the fittest guy. Um I'm an ex-athlete. I tend to eat a lot. <laughs> And and not always the best things. Uh, my competitive nature leads me to work out hard and burn a lot of calories. And like it's it's borderline masochistic. My wife will will, will testify. I punish myself in the gym. Now, usually it's cardio because there's something about the uh, there's something about the mental physical kind of. Working in tandem, and like she'll tell you like she got me for Christmas a couple of uh you've seen i'm sure the iconic i c o n i c k iconic like the the um you know canvas prints that you can get and she she bought me a few of them to go on the on the wall in our workout room at the house in the basement, and uh right in front of my bike, you guys know I ride the peloton so um right in front of my bike, there are two. Um, one is, is a print of Muhammad Ali, uh, on an empty road running in sweats, like presumably training for a a boxing match and, uh, the one directly beneath it. So it's just him, no words, right? So solitude, right? Like it, it looks like it's early in the morning. It looks like it's cold. It's like gnarly right? Like this guy's out there doing what he's got to do right beneath that. It says there's, there's a print that's just words that says, don't stop, keep going. That's all it says. And I face this up every day when I work out every day. Now, some of you are listening. You're saying, Jay, you can't do that much cardio. You got to do some weights. Yes, I know. I know. And I do weights. Um, you know, I'm in an eight week challenge. That's four rides a week, really hard. It's called power zone endurance. It's a type of cycling. Um, it's taught by a professional cyclist that is designed to build strength and endurance, and it's it is it's it's gnarly, like gnarly. And so that's four days a week for eight weeks, and I'm mixing in on top of that two weight workouts, one upper body, one lower body. And I don't need to give you guys my workout plan, and I'm really not trying to brag. I need you to understand something. This is the this is the thing that brought this mindset. Okay, um, I like to punish myself. It makes me feel like I'm growing. And it's both physical and mental for me. And so when the clock turned 12.01 to start the year of 2021 and we were all thinking, let's put 2020 behind us, my mind went to one single place. It's that greatness requires discipline. We are good. We are really good. I have a good life. If I want a great life, the way to get to great from good is more discipline, not less. Now, I've talked to you about context, okay, and discipline on on episodes this year. Right? I have. You guys know it's on my mind. I know what I want right now. I just have to have the discipline to get it. So that's where 23 workouts in 27 days will take you, is discipline. I'm eating better. But I had probably 40 to 50 minutes worth of conversations this morning with two different friends of mine about how to eat better, how to know for sure that I am. I'm making better choices, but it's not good enough. So I'm looking for more discipline in that aspect of my life, despite challenge. But it occurs to me, because I made some rules, and you guys heard me at the beginning of the show. Uh, rules and deadlines and guidelines and all that stuff is—I'm pragmatic. Uh, all that appeals to me. It makes my decision making easier, and therefore discipline more attainable. So I said to myself at the beginning, you know, Jay, you've, you know, you're probably dehydrated. You're not drinking enough water. Oh yeah, well, not not only that, you're you're drinking too much coffee. That's that's a diuretic. That's gonna make that's gonna dehydrate you. Oh, yeah, and you know what? You know, there's probably a few too many days where you're having, like, one or two beers during the week. And you should probably cut that, too, because that's empty calories. And it's not good for you. So I did all those things. But here we are, you know, 27 days into the new year, right? Just past, I think the 24th was the day that on average people give up on their resolutions, which you know my, my feelings about the arbitrary nature of January 1st and resolutions versus intentions and all that nonsense. And I'll stop lecturing, I promise. But we're just past the time where most people have given up, okay? And right around that, my reflection and my failings that were absolutely inevitable, they happened, One day, I had three cups of coffee, and that was too much. One day, I ate like shit for lunch. It was bound to happen. One day, I didn't work out when I was supposed to because I didn't get up when I was supposed to, which left me behind and unsettled for the rest of my day. It was bound to happen. But what occurs to me, and this applies to real estate, and I'm sorry for the drawn-out personal example as it pertains to this last contrarian viewpoint. But this, this, there's a perfect high end to our business here. And that is that discipline does not equal perfection. I talked to the team about that on Monday. In my past, saying, Jay, you're not going to drink any more than this amount of coffee and then screwing it up the first time would have made the second screw up a lot more likely and frequent and would have happened sooner and maybe have completely and entirely derailed my entire improvement and discipline. Having a a bourbon on the rocks on a Tuesday night because I just felt like it might have led to having a couple of beers on Wednesday and then not one but two days were completely messed up. Missing a workout time in the past would have, missed, would have caused a missed workout entirely, which may have led to not working out the following day. I hope some of you are nodding along with me because the truth is good or bad behaviors both have momentum. So what's the answer? The answer goes back to perspective. What do you want? Well, I don't want to be perfect. I want to be disciplined. I want to make the right choices. I'm fascinated with the subconscious mind. I'm fascinated with slight-edge decision-making. For those of you that don't know what that means, that means decisions that get made the instant they're implemented, like hitting the snooze button, like reaching for the bag of chips, like cracking a beer when you're standing in front of the fridge, those slight-edge decisions most often are not good ones, okay? And in past, my failings would have disappointed me and my sensibility so much that I would have just said F it and moved on and lived my life. And you know what? Sometimes that's needed. I took my son to Penn Station and had a ridiculous lunch last Friday. Like, it is what it is, right? Punished myself in the gym that next morning. But as it pertains to our business, real estate is not difficult. Real estate is easy. Excuse me. Real estate is not easy. It is simple. That, that, there's the quote. Real estate is simple, but it's not easy. Real estate is simple, but it's not easy. Those simple concepts that you are aware of in your mind, the things you know you need to do every single day, to produce success, are easy to understand. They're even easy to execute once or twice, but they are incredibly difficult to execute ruthlessly over time. So my advice to you is go out there and understand that you're going to screw it up. Understand, but don't let that get you to quit pushing to make just a little bit of difference in your life every single week, every single day. I think giving yourself the grace to fail once pre- prevents you from failing twice. Now, don't decide beforehand, but if you, it's about not dwelling on your failures because they're going to come. Discipline does not equal perfection. Perfection. discipline does not equal perfection. All right, in recap, higher price does not equal more commissions. Don't forget about the chunky middle. Mentorship over training. You don't need training. That's not your answer. Lister don't last is not necessarily true, and this market stands still for no one. Find your way. Buyer clients are easy to find. Throw a lasso around them and get moving. Internet leads are not garbage. There's no bad way to generate a lead that's just it. There's no better way to say that. And discipline does not equal perfection. All right. Thank you for joining in today. As a reminder, you can find us on all the social channels. We have our private Facebook group. I would love for you to request to be added I would more than happy, happily add you, if you are a real estate professional in or around Louisville, Kentucky, no business pages, please. I've had a few people request access as a business page. I would be more than happy to allow you as a person to join, but I'd rather not have um, company sites and pages try to join. But uh, come join in the discourse. we got conversations running at all times. Um, I usually coach my team with the same information that I put in here. So this is a little bit of a fly-on-the-wall type situation. You can also find us on iTunes, resource Real Talk about Louisville real estate. If you can't find us there because there's the parentheses around the RE, type in my name. It it pops up real easy. I would appreciate five-star only reviews. Um, Cheshire Cat smile there. Unfortunately, yes. No, I'll take any reviews. I just think we're worth five stars. I mean, I... Nothing if I'm not transparent. I um, would implore you to hit the subscribe button so that you get notified on all new episodes, which are weekly on Wednesdays, usually almost without fail as long as something's not happening with Seth or I. But, um, you know, we're live in the Facebook group. We are, we are you know, weekly uh, episodes dropped on iTunes and other podcast platforms, you know, we want the message out there. This 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 podcast is about coaching and mentorship if you will for real estate agents in and around Louisville, Kentucky. Um gives you a little behind the scenes look at what we do here at Remax Premier Properties. But anyone who listens, we appreciate you immensely. Please let me know, you can reach out to me, find me on any of my personal social channels. DMs are open. Um, would love, would love to interact with you for resource real talk about Louisville real estate. We'll see you next Wednesday. I'm your host, Jay Pitts. See you soon.